So tonight we're going to be looking in, Jer- into, in Jeremiah chapter 1. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1. So that's church Bible, uh, page number 1,170. I think that's the larger print, sorry. So 1,170 for the larger print, I think. And then for the church, the other one is page number 756. So Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Antioch in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go everywhere to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north will be poured out From the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods and in worshipping whatever their hands have made. Get yourself ready, stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land against the kings of Judah, 
its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against they will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is God's word. I remember back when I was in high school and I had a teacher and, this, and he was the history teacher. And every history lesson, everyone in the class would just mess around. And the teacher would get angrier and angrier by the second. He'd just stop trying to teach us and just sit down very angry. But as we kept on messing around, he would start throwing out threats. He'd say, I'm going to call the headmaster, or I'm going to give you detention, or he'll threaten to send us out of the classroom. But these threats all fell by the wayside. He'd never follow through on his word. He'd always end up just dismissing us and we'd get off scot-free. In tonight's passage, as we come into the book Jeremiah, this passage teaches that God is contrary, very contrary to my history teacher. When God says he will do something, he will always do it. And in Jeremiah, the whole book, throughout the book, it's talking about the importance of listening to God's word. The people of Judah rejected God's word and they ignored it. So now they are going into exile. So Jeremiah speaks to Judah to tell them that they've ignored God's word, which has caused you to go into exile. Now, therefore, listen to God's word. God's word will come true. Whatever we think, whether we think it will or not, God's word will come true. About 74% of drivers in the UK have been caught speeding at one point in their driving, in their time driving. Although, although they know the speed limit in different areas and they see signs everywhere they drive, people still disobey the law. Sometimes it's unintentional and sometimes it's willful. But when somebody enters their vehicle, by their own action, they are adhering to the laws and agreeing to obey them. As we take a look into the book Jeremiah, we see a people who have agreed to following God's law. They've agreed to something called a covenant. This is a covenant that if they followed God and obeyed him, God would promise blessing on them. But if they disobeyed, they would be judged by God. So God's people knew God's law and they promised to obey it. Just like drivers up and down the country, they see the road signs and they're meant to obey them. But God's people, just like 74% of drivers, they knew what was right to do, yet God's people disobeyed. They lived oblivious to God's word. The people of Judah did what they wanted. And when we come to Jeremiah's time, the people have gone far, far away from God. And their judgment is now inevitable it's going to happen. The people of Judah had chance after chance, yet they saw the northern tribes of Israel go into exile. But that wasn't enough for them to turn their hearts back to God. They still went on ignoring God's word and causing God to become angry. So what does God do? He sends Jeremiah, the prophet, to the nation Judah to warn them the judgment that is now on its way. The judgment that God has said would happen if they continued in their sin. So Jeremiah call, so God calls Jeremiah 
when the people of Judah are in a hopeless state. Judah are far from God, yet God in his mercy sends Jeremiah to them. We get some information in verses 1 to 3. Hilkiah, he's Jeremiah's father and he was one of the priests. And usually that would mean that Jeremiah, his son, would follow in his father's footsteps and be a priest. In fact, if Jeremiah had become a priest, it would have been a much easier life for him. The priest would deal with the past by sacrificing animals and they'd examine lepers and unclean people. But everything a priest did was was straightforward. It was all written down in the law. And while a priest dealt with external matters and sought to repair the past, a prophet had a much harder job. They sought to change the hearts of people through the word of God, through God's power through them. And they did that with messages that people didn't want to hear. A prophet would be called upon at any time And they were dealing with matters of the heart. Jeremiah would have had an easier time if he had just followed in his father's footsteps and become a priest. But God calls him to be a prophet. We see that here in this chapter. And then we also see the setting of Jeremiah's time. The land was in idolatry. Verse 2 and 3 talk of Ammon, king of Judah. And he was a king who led the people into evil. He set up idols for the people to worship. And the people of Judah sinned greatly in his reign. He set up idols for the people to worship. But Ammon was killed. And after Ammon came his son, Josiah. Josiah was about eight years old when he became king. And he led the people back to God. He cleansed the temple and smashed down the idols. But the people only came back to God on surface level. And soon they returned to their sinful ways when Josiah died. We see in verse verse 3, Jehoiakim, he became king. And he was another king who led the people of Judah into evil. And then we see Zedekiah. He was the king when the people went into exile. He was also a bad king and a king who didn't follow God. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah. And then the Babylonians came and took over. This is the time when Jeremiah is called to be a prophet. It's a time of disobedience and chaos in the land of Judah. Therefore, when God calls Jeremiah to be a prophet to the people, how does Jeremiah respond? Notice verses 4 to 10, a doubtful servant. Verses 4 to 10, a doubtful servant. We see the Lord call Jeremiah here in chapter 1. Jeremiah was known by God before he was formed. God set Jeremiah apart while he was in the womb. And God appointed Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. But But notice here the people God chooses. He doesn't choose people based on their ability or based on how good they've been. God chooses people who aren't particularly impressive. God here chooses Jeremiah and he's around about the ages of 16 to 20. And he didn't feel, can't say that word. He didn't feel like he was good enough to do the job. He felt as if he couldn't speak because he was young. Jeremiah saw his lack of ability. 
But Jeremiah is the sort of person God chooses. He chooses weak people so that, they, so that God may show his power through them. And that the weak person may put their trust in God to help them rather than trusting in their own ability. Thankfully, God doesn't choose people who have it all together. He chooses people to follow and trust him, even if they doubt and fear what will happen. God calls Jeremiah here in a perilous time in Judah. The people are living in idolatry. And Jeremiah is told to go to them, to tell them to repent. No wonder Jeremiah is afraid of them. He's told to go to a people who are living in idolatry and sin and don't want to hear his message. If this evening you do believe, you do want to follow God, if you are in Christ and you trust Jesus, you are called by God. Not in the same way here as Jeremiah, but each and every one of us, if we're in Christ, we're called by God. Not just the pastors and the preachers, missionaries, The calling of God isn't just for some of God's people. No, if we're God's people, we're all called by God to be faithful in whatever circumstances we are in. We're called to be faithful police officers, taxi drivers, teachers, accountants, builders. Whatever God has given us, whatever job God has given us, we're called to be faithful in it. Whatever situation you are in your life, if you are a Christian... God has called you to be obedient and follow him wherever he has placed you. But maybe you might, like most of us, feel doubtful and fearful of what that might mean for us at work or at home. Maybe you feel, I'll follow God when I'm older or when I understand the Bible a little better. Or like Moses, we heard last week, he wanted God to send somebody else. Hear God's word. God wants you to follow him now. Not in a few years, but now. You don't need to know all the answers. You just need to trust and follow God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. God commands everyone who wants to follow him, to take up our cross and follow him. We give up our lives and follow God. That means coming to him, stop following him half-heartedly, but give our whole lives to God. If you're a Christian tonight, don't follow God just when you want, but follow him always. Come to him. You can admit your fears and worries and ask him to help you through them. Thanks. Just like Jer- just like God was with Jeremiah, he can also help us in whatever situation God has called us to.
But how can Jeremiah do this? Notice verse 7. How can Jeremiah go everywhere and say whatever the Lord commands? How will Jeremiah go? Verse 8 and 9 gives us the answer. God will be with him as he goes, and also God will rescue him. Jeremiah can go trusting that God will be with him. God will keep him safe. But what will Jeremiah say? Look at verse 9. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. The Lord touched Jeremiah's mouth and gave him the words to say. This is what God did with Jeremiah. And while I've said we don't have the same calling as Jeremiah has, we as Christians still have the calling to speak up about Jesus. We are to go to a lost world knowing that God is with us and God will help us. And we're to give them God's word. We don't have to make something up. We simply have God's word here in the Bible. And we can give that clear message to them. But what sort of message is it? We learn that in Jeremiah's message. The next point we see is verses 11 to 19. A dangerous message. Verses 11 to 19, a dangerous message. In the book Esther, in the Bible, there's a time when Esther's people are in serious danger. And at the time, Esther is queen, and she knows that she needs to do something to protect her people, the Jews. Esther's only option is to go to her husband, the king, and ask him to help. But at that time, if she went into his presence without being asked, she'd have a high possibility of losing her life. But Esther risked her life and went into the king to help her people. And through God's help, she was given success and her people were delivered. And that was a very dangerous thing for Esther to do. She could have easily lost her life. And in a similar way here, God sends Jeremiah to tell a disobedient people that God is about to judge them and they need to turn back to God. Imagine Jeremiah receiving this calling. He's got to go to a people who will hate him, reject him, and persecute him. Jeremiah's people hated the message, and he would be hated by the people. They would call him a traitor, they would arrest him, and they'd imprison Jeremiah. The people didn't want this message, but they needed it. God gave Jeremiah assurance to go with this message through two visions we see in verses 11 to 15. The first one we see is a branch of an almond tree. This was the first sign in Jerusalem that spring was on its way. The almond tree would blossom in January and it would indicate that spring was about to come. What the Lord is basically showing Jeremiah is that his word will be fulfilled as verse 12 says the Lord said to me you have seen correctly for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled the Lord is telling Jeremiah that his word will come to pass and then Jeremiah gets another vision this time it's of a pot that is boiling and he's tilting towards Judah and it's from the north 
The Lord is showing Jeremiah that judgment is about to be poured out on Judah. This is what Jeremiah has has got to do. Go and tell the sinful people that judgment is about to happen and it's coming on them because of their sin. This is what Jeremiah takes to the people. Yet the people of Judah, they didn't listen. They hated the message. Yet Jeremiah kept speaking God's word. And to cut a long story short, Jeremiah, Judah did end up in exile. They were taken captive by the Babylonians and God's word did come true. Verses 15 to 16, they came true. The king of the north came and he took Judah into exile because of their sin. God sent that, the king there to judge Judah. But the judgment that came on Judah was a temporary judgment where God had them go into exile for 70 years. God told them that if they continued to disobey, follow idols, they'd be sent into exile. God proclaimed this through the prophets, yet they didn't listen. They kept ignoring God. But God, when he says something will happen, it always happens. The people rejected, yet now God is going to perform his word. And as I said at the start, the main point of this passage is God will perform his word. Therefore, listen and obey what God says. Be careful to understand and obey the word of God, because one day it will be brought about. We see here that it was brought about, God fulfilled his word, and Judah went into exile. God's judgment came on them because they kept ignoring God's word. But there's a future judgment that's coming on this world, and that judgment will be hell, and that will be forever. Once this judgment comes, there will be no escape or help. This judgment is coming soon, and everyone on this earth has sinned and done wrong in God's sight. And this judgment is coming on everyone. This message is an unpopular message. People sometimes hate this message. Sometimes people are indifferent to this message. And sometimes people can get very angry against it. Yeah, this is the truth and this is what we need to hear. Although the message of hell is uncomfortable and offensive, we need to hear it to see our desperate need of God. While there is judgment, God has sent his son Jesus to take the coming judgment for us. Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again so that you might be saved and have no fear of the future judgment. God's word tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 6, I think it's verse 2, it says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Acts 2.38 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And then Acts 17 verse 30 to 31 says, In the past God overlooked such ignorance, But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. 
We can be all ready for the coming judgment and be saved from it if we go to Jesus now. If we turn to him, ask him for forgiveness, trust him to save us, we will be saved and have no judgment to, to be fearful of in the future. All because Jesus took it for us. Jesus took it so that we didn't have to. This is God's word for us all and we need to listen to it. We need not to delay or reject it because it will come about. All those who reject Jesus will receive God's judgment. And all those who trust in Jesus will be saved from it. This will happen. It may sometimes look like it's not going to happen. And we may not believe it, but it will happen. Are you ready for when Jesus returns? Or will God's judgment, God's judgment overtake you? Don't be like Judah who rejected the message and ignored God's word. Jeremiah, he went and preached judgment to a people who hated it because he loved them. He longed for them to turn to God and be saved. That's why he warned them with this offensive message. I wonder tonight as Christians, do we believe this Bible? Do we believe this book? Do we believe what's said in our Bibles? This Bible tells us that everybody who doesn't come to Christ will not be saved. Their eternal soul will be lost. <clears throat> God's word will come true, yet today we have this message. We have this message, this gospel message of Jesus to give to our friends, our family, our work colleagues, that they might be saved and they need Jesus. Yet so often we keep silent, don't we? The world needs Jesus. As we look out into the world, we see lost people and they have no idea that this judgment is soon to come. They just live every day like there's nothing going to happen. And we so often fit into that mold, don't we? We forget about the coming judgment. We forget that God's word will come true. Let's hear God's word this evening. Let's take it in. God's word always comes to pass. So because God's word always comes to pass, we need to listen to it. When God's word tells us we need to repent of our sin, we need to listen and do it. When God's word tells us we need to give up our lives for Jesus, we need to listen to it and do it. When God's word tells us we need to trust alone in Jesus for salvation, we need to listen to it and do it. When God's word tells us to love one another, we need to listen and do it. When God's word tells us to pray, we need to listen and do it. When God's word tells us to proclaim the gospel, we need to listen and do it. Judah heard God's word, yet they ignored it. Let us not be a people who do that. This book here is to tell us to listen to God's word. God's word will be fulfilled, therefore listen to it. Every week we hear God's word here, don't we? And throughout the week as we read our Bible, we hear God's word. Yet so often how we, we ignore it, don't we? Let's be a people who hear God's word and listen to it. As I conclude, let me assure you that everything God says, he will do it. His judgments will come true. And his salvation through faith in Jesus will be accomplished in the end. Judgment in hell will be yours if you reject 
Jesus. But I urge you today, come to the Lord Jesus. Don't reject Jesus. Listen to God's word. Go to Jesus. Give your life to him. Although God's judgment will come true, also his salvation will come true. If you're in Christ, one day when he returns, you will be with him forever. No longer will you have any pain or struggle. No longer will you struggle against sin. No longer will you struggle with doubts or fear. 1 John 3, 2 says, When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Revelation 21, 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And we know this because God's word says it. This will come about. But just for this short period of time, we need to hear God's word and obey it. Know that God's word will come to pass. But God has not yet sent Jesus back to this earth. In his patience, he's allowing people to be saved. I urge us all, if you don't yet know Jesus, come to him while you still have time. There's coming a day when every single one of us will stand before God. And he'll either say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. On that day, it won't matter how many friends we had, how good we were at sport or our job, or how many great gadgets we had. What will matter is, are we trusting in Jesus? Have you become a follower of Jesus? Let me urge you tonight, your eternal soul is at stake. Trust in Jesus and you will be saved. And we can praise God that if we're in his hands, if we trust Jesus, Philippians 1 Verse 6 says, he who, he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. We are secure in God's hands because God has promised it in his word. So before we share communion together, we're going to stand and sing, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So please stand together as we sing. <clears throat>